Hello, and welcome to Under the Sheets, a special episode of Dungeons and Gamers, where we take a look behind the roleplay and learn a little bit more about what the players behind the characters think about things that have happened, could happen, and sh- shouldn't happen. Nailed um, it. <laughs> I'm, I'm Bryce, and I play one of the characters, Fergus Bog. I'm Aaron. I play Cookie Kebler, the Wood Elf Bard, and I also edit all the episodes. I'm Beckers. I play Bear, who was at times a bear and at times not a bear, the Barbarian. <laughs> yeah, I'm Madam Morthos, the Teethling Sorcerer. Uh, I'm Darian, and I'm Belladonna, the High Elf Rogue. And I'm Katie Quixotic, and I'm everyone and everything else. And the Dungeon Master. Yeah, which is everything else. Um, <laughs> I will I will add, I guess, uh, if, if we're saying what we do beyond our characters, I am the producer of the podcast. I, I, I filled out a thing for helping, like there's somebody, uh, another company looking for people to do uh like stream stuff and they're like have you ever worked as a producer on a ttrpg thing and i'm like i mean that's arguably what i'm doing here so (laughs) i said yes so i'd I'd say that is accurate yep i am i am the producer that's i actually told somebody that you were the producer of the show i was like this seems like the easiest title to give him yeah (laughs) (laughs) he calls the shots Mm -hmm. Uh, i was actually gonna ask this question but i guess i'll just ask now Hey, Beckers and Darian, do do you guys like like Bryce, Aaron, and Katie all do a lot of work? I just like cruise in, show up, and I'm like, all right, let's have some fun. I was gonna that say that feel? I'm also the muscle. <laughs> if, we're, if we're ever out at a con or something, Beckers will fuck them up. <laughs> That's what the big sword's actually for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I just show up. Yeah, we're just vibing. Was, was, was that a question or a statement? Because it felt statement-y. It was like, do they feel the same way I do? I'm just like, yeah, I'm going to cruise in at our set time. and Yeah, Katie's like, how- oh, that'll give me more time to prepare. And I'm like, prepare. Yeah, Katie's like <laughs> asking questions about our characters, like off, you know, just like, hey, what would you like to do with this? I'm like, I don't know. I haven't really thought about it. Hmm, here's an idea. <laughs> you, <laughs> can you run with that? Yep. That's exactly what I want. <laughs> Give me a direction for what you would do or answer this one specific question. And if you don't have an answer, that's okay. I'll make one and you'll have to live with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or die with it, as the case may be. Mm-hmm. Yikes. <laughs> so uh, we are going to be taking a little break from this campaign, but I uh, figured uh, we would take a uh, special episode to look back on all the things that have happened over the last three adventures and uh, just, you know, say how we're feeling about things and, and different stuff. And I have a list of questions to kind of uh, cause discussion to occur. Cause? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm great. I'm great at this. I don't know why I don't do more of this. Um, uh, the a list fir- of questions to catalyze discussion. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's, 
yours is fancy. You're like questioning applying as a producer now. <laughs> Why did I do that? That application's already sent. This episode won't be out by the time they 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 oh, make up their decision. You still have a chance. Yeah. <laughs> I've either I've either not gotten that or or it's too late for them to go back. Mm-hmm. Um, the first question uh, is for me, and it is how did the podcast start? Uh, so basically, it started as a let's play for uh the Last Geek channel because we did uh monthly like video game uh let's plays, and I was like, oh, I've always kind of wanted to play D and D, and it would be cool to like substitute in a let's play for a D and D uh one shot. Um, so <laughs> I got together, you know, uh, Beckers and and. Uh, Darian and Teddy. I asked Darian, but she was actually busy at the time. Uh, and then because Darian was busy, Matt was on Ready Set Gamecast and was <laughs> he was actually like starting to come in to take over Teddy's spot. So it's kind of a deal of like, hey, you want to do this? Um, so he he uh, joined in for that, and it was one of those things that is often a thing with me of like. I'll like dip my toe in a thing, and if the water feels nice, then I just submerge. Um, <laughs> so it was like we did the one shot, and it was like, "Hey, this is fun. I'm I like the character I've made." I asked the other people how they were feeling about uh, playing, and and most people seemed uh, down to play more. So I was like, "Okay, we could do this as a like continuing podcast," and. That is that is how like the proper podcast uh, was born. When did you start buying all the books and minifigs? Was that <sighs> right after that? <laughs> Probably around the same time. I, I would, would like. I, think. I I would say that the the minifigs actually came kind of later after we had done a few sessions. Uh, the like I got the player's handbook like right away. But like, yeah, at this point, I have like, I have basically every D and D book except for like two. After we decided we were gonna keep playing, I was kind of like, okay, I'd like to get to know D and D more, and I kind of came up with the idea of like, oh, it'd be cool uh, to to maybe um, DM some stuff. So I, I ended up starting a home game to kind of practice DMing, so I could maybe one day reach Katie's levels uh, <laughs> before before I. Uh, Took took a shot at the the reins and and uh, a shot at the title, yeah, and uh, <laughs> stuff. Uh, yeah. Speaking of which, like, um, Aaron's obviously my girlfriend. Obviously, obviously, uh, obviously, <laughs> obviously. Um, uh, Matt, uh, I did Ready Set Game Cast with Darren. I did Ready Set Game Cast with uh, Beckers. Uh, we've done Game Make Corp and Let's Plays with uh, before uh, Dungeons and Gamers. Me and Katie were Twitter mutuals, and I was like, "I know this person plays D and D. Maybe I'll reach out to them and see if they want to do the D and D thing for us." And Katie did, and now that's how this is the thing. <laughs> Any other questions? <laughs> so good, so good. Yep. And I remember you bringing up Katie's streams once in a while too, like a long time ago. Yeah. I mean, I think that Twitch streams. Yeah, that that definitely is a thing that like I I am someone who wants to try and make their content as good as possible. So it's like 
if I if you stream, I can kind of gauge your ability to like work a camera and make the things work instead of just like finding some random person and being like, "Do you stream good?" I'm like, "Do stream good." <laughs> like that's that's too much work. If they if they if they're streaming, I know, know they can at least work OBS. They know the no basic stuff. So mm-hmm. I've I've knowing Katie streamed kind of was like a she checks all the boxes. Let's see if she's available, and she was, and it's worked mm-hmm. out. At first, I was really flattered because I thought you meant like work a camera, and I was like, "Ooh, yeah, that's nice." <laughs> I never thought of it that way. And then he's like, "Yeah, she at least Katie. turn on OBS," and I was like, "Oh yeah, that's what you meant." <laughs> Like turn the thing the on physically. Like, wait, no, that's not what I. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um. Yeah. Uh. So that is how the the podcast uh, kind of grew grew from just the kind of basic one shot, which I think I think you'll see if you've listened through that. Like, the first adventure didn't really have a idea that we we're gonna keep playing because uh, we didn't know we would keep playing until we kind of got close to the end and I was kind of like, this seems like something we could keep doing. And I, I kind of mentioned it to Katie and Katie seemed like on board and I reached out to the the group and, you know, people seemed interested. So we kept going. So. Yeah, I feel like I was like 50-50 on attempting to kill Morthos off at the one during the one <laughs> shot. <laughs> oh, really? It's just like, oh, this is a short thing, right? Like, yeah, that'd be oh, exciting, right? Oh, I see. Have a character death. <laughs> the drama. The drama. <laughs> uh, but uh, I'll now ask the next question, which uh, goes to everyone and... The question is, how did you come up with your character? Uh, how I came up with my character, I don't honestly remember too much. All I remember is that Bryce and I were just talking about random D&D things. And I think I just had a package of Kevlar cookies or something. And I was like, <laughs> I mean, Kevlar cookies. See? <laughs> and, um, and I was like, could I play Kevlar Elf? <laughs> And I kind of fell in love with the idea of that. And, but I couldn't figure out a name for her for a long time. And then Bryce is like, why don't you just call her Cookie? And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's perfect. <laughs> Which I actually, for the first adventure, I didn't know if Cookie would just be like a nickname or her real name, but I just, I just really liked the name. So I just ended up going with that as her actual name. And her, yeah, her look inspiration was kind of like Saria from Legend of Zelda. Orcarina time. I remember that. It's like, yep, yeah, look like her, cute, short, except pink hair, not green hair. <laughs> I came up with my character because it was my first time playing D&D when we did that one shot. <laughs> so I was like, you know, I'm like nervous about the whole role playing thing. <laughs> so I was like, how can I get out of having to like be in character? <laughs> So I picked it. I just I decided to be a bear. <laughs> like <laughs> so I was like, that'll be easy. I can do that. And I can like fight and participate and stuff. I don't really have to talk. <laughs> <laughs> that that's it. That was all it was. And then Oops. you Google like a bear. If you just like Google how to be a bear race in DD, there's like people with builds that that have done this before. <laughs> so 
There it is. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I know when we were trying to figure out, you know, for the one shot at the very beginning, we were people were figuring out if they knew each other or whatnot. And I don't know, it just kind of came natural for Bear and Cookie to be together because, you know, they're both like woodsy type figures. So An appreciation I think we just kinda, for gourmet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and for food, for food and sweets and stuff. So I, I remember I remember that, that kind of being a conversation, too, on mm-hmm. the beginnings. We figured it would kind of suck if everyone was complete strangers. So maybe mm-hmm. we could hook well, up all of them up. <laughs> I, I think I think there's a deal of like, well, the players can talk and become friends. How how I'm do a we bear. become friends? How does with a, a bear? bear get into this? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah. I I don't really remember <laughs> the origin of Morthos. I know it's been like a year since we built our characters. Yeah. So. I feel like I had like loose D and D knowledge, right? It was just like, okay, I'm gonna choose a race, gonna choose a class, kind of go from there, right? That like traditional flow, and I always like like non non humans, so I think that's what drew me to the tiefling. I was like, okay, I'm humanoid, but like you know, I look kind of lizard like or something, or demon like, I guess. I have a tail, I have some like maybe some scales. That's kind of cool. And now that I'm looking at like the D and D Beyond, like you know, Tiefling kind of rundown, the name Morthos is on here as a suggested <laughs> name. So it's like it didn't, didn't reach far for that. Um, like boom, like, that's it. Yeah, age and size. I, I don't think Morthos's age came up, but I made him like sixty something because I I like the idea that he's just like an older guy getting by you know and he's like always his, his main driver right was like he always needs money kind of thing because he's always spending money was, was the other part of age. that i think about it and <laughs> then yeah morthos is just tall because he could be i guess he was like i was like i'm old i'm frail and i'm tall i guess <laughs> i feel like the the real like meat and potatoes of morthos kind of happened afterwards because it was a one shot and it, it was yeah. more like um, putting together something that would be fun to play. And then when we decided to continue it on, I feel like I learned a lot more about Morthos. Now, I don't know if everyone else did, but I personally got to learn a lot more about Morthos after that as we started talking about him. So, Yeah, I feel like there's backstory stuff that could potentially come up one day, but like maybe never will, and that'd be totally fine too as long as I can like kind of form the character a little more around that. Uh, mine's actually pretty simple. Bryce was like, hey, do you want to join us? We're going to make the campaign a real thing. And I was like, oh, yeah, that sounds great. What do you need? What's in your party? And he's like, uh, could you be a rogue? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I will absolutely be a rogue. Yeah, because, um... I, I gave you the uh, laydown of the classes of the people in it, and I think you you had offered a cleric or a rogue of two that you'd be interested in. When we had decided to continue it, I had uh, reached out to Katie of like, oh, I have an idea of what like the next thing could be, which was the heist. The the like you know extra life adventure was just kind of a thing that we came up with of like. Katie wanted us to be level three for the heist. Uh, I was like, hey, maybe this could be a cool way that we could raise money for for uh, charity and level up at the same time. So we kind of did that and and brought in your character as part of that. Uh, but it was a deal of like, I knew the next adventure was going to be a heist and we were going to, you know, pr- 
probably get a thief. If you didn't play a thief, Fergus probably would reach out to try and find a thief NPC to to help. So uh, you being a thief made a very like clear like Fergus would want a thief to to be part of this. It made a it made a clear line. So when you said, "Oh, I could be a cleric or, or a rogue," I was like, "Well, Fergus would probably reach out to a rogue. That would be an easy like slot into the story." You just being a rogue is 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 one thing, but it's like it's like, you know, Cookie isn't just a bard. Um, what was there anything that like, you know, how'd you how'd you come up with special things about uh, Bella? Obviously, like you don't have to like reveal backstory stuff, but maybe just like, you know, how her personality, what how the way you're kind of playing her, how how'd you come up with that? So I kind of work backward when I'm making a character. I want to make their look first, and then I start to develop their story as to why they look that way. So I didn't know anything about Bella until her art was done. And then I started like trying to decide, okay, now who is this person that I'm looking at? Who is at? she? <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I waited until we got the art back, and then I was like, oh, this is cool. And then Katie started asking me, defining questions about her and stuff, and helping me fine-tune Bella. But, yeah, she was basically a blank slate before that. Hmm. Um, so as for Fergus, like Matt said, you kind of, like, start with the race and then and the class. So I was just kind of, like, looking through the player handbook uh looking like ah humans kind of boring you know like elf eh, you know that gets done i was looking at half orc and i was like oh you know okay maybe but it's like how are they a half orc like why would they you know whoa where's the half come from and for some reason <laughs> it just like clicked in my head of like well you know fiona was technically a human and what if what if like the thing that made her look like an ogre in um in Shrek just was an illusion? Like she looked like an ogre, but she was still human, so that her her offspring would be half. I was her just eggs like a, did not transform. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, oh, you know, that would be a kind of, you know, cool way to bridge that like racial gap. Uh, with that kind of familiar story and i was like well i could i could just ha borrow that element but then i was just thinking like oh let me like take this story that like everyone knows and 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 like continue it and say like okay after the shrek movie we know they have kids and stuff like what happens then and i could i could play like you know following the statement of like okay Shrek and Fiona's kids uh, would be half uh, Oryx. Um, I'm one of them. What happens next? And kind of going like, I don't know if I came up with the the concept of the parents being dead before or after I rewatched Shrek 1 and 2, but I remember that like in Shrek 2, there was like this hostility uh, between um, Fiona's parents and Shrek. And obviously it was kind of like the the parents having, like the father having this, like, I'm hiding a secret too. 
Like, I don't, this whole transformation thing is making me feel like my secret will be revealed. But I, I like the idea of, like, what if, you know, the uh, Shrek and Fiona were killed and it was a deal of, like, you know, linking back to that hostility that we saw in Shrek 2. And then knowing all that information, knowing, like, I took the race and then I took the backstory and then I said, like, okay, knowing this is a half-orc raised by, by Shrek, uh, Shrek and Fiona he'd have to have been on the run uh, ever since he was a kid uh, they grew up in a swamp all this I was like what is the logical class for that I was like he'd probably be a ranger and then and then I was also kind of like the idea of like you know there is that connection of like Shrek being this like dude in the woods but Fiona is a princess Having, having, like, like, I, I basically tried to put myself of like, I am Fergus Bog. I am in this situation. What would I want? And I think, I think, like Fergus, uh, I, I thought like Fergus would want that kind of like royal life back, especially when you're like thrown so far from that. When you, when you're like mm-hmm. lose your home and stuff, you're like, I'm supposed to be a king. What the fuck is happening? That, that I was like. He's he wants he wants like the kingdom he was supposed to get uh, back and and that's you know how like I like Daenerys with... Targaryen. Yeah, totally. I've, <laughs> I've I've seen that show, all of it. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, that is. Uh, for... So that's your Shrek. Yeah, mm-hmm. I I did uh, you know script you're submitting. Yeah, I, Shrek Five. Uh, I, I have been. I have. Shrek Five rated R. I have I have uh, tweaked some stuff uh, with the the backstory, like for example, um, the villain from Shrek One, um, Farquaad. He didn't get eaten by the dragon at the end of the movie. He's still he's still out there. Um, Farquaadin around. Yeah, he's still. <laughs> it's, it's Katie's like taking notes right now. Okay, um, listen. I, I I have I have I'm sure Katie has like lots of information about all our characters that that we do not know about each other. Uh, so there's so much to bear. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. Becca, Becca just messages Katie a list of foods Bear likes. <laughs> um. Okay. How do how does Katie approach making some characters? Oh yeah, Katie, you wanna. It's funny that she says that because I feel like Beckers and I have had a couple of conversations and I'll ask some questions and she's like, well, I don't know, you know, maybe this or she'll have like an answer for something and we'll build off of it a little bit. But I've got like another page of notes that I'm making based on answers. And she's just like, yeah, I feel like Bear's pretty simple. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> like That's Bear can be simple. Bear doesn't have to be complex at all. But that doesn't mean that there aren't, you know. I was going to say, like, she herself, not that much yeah. to her, but, like, her past, I I don't even know what happened to her. <laughs> I don't know. I it out. Happened. <laughs> um, it's out there. We'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. The truth is out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Katie, uh, Matt asked, uh, do you, I guess, Matt, what was your specific question? It was just, like, uh, how does Katie, like, she's obviously making a lot more characters than we are throughout this, so... Like, how does she approach that? And are there any, maybe some standouts? Ooh, um, 
so some of them are literally just made because they there needs to be a person there, right? There had to be people in the casino. There had to be a collector. There had to be um, like some of them more and less important. There have to be people running the table. So they have to be made. I do often for things like that that aren't necessarily tied to your characters. Um, I will often go to my my stream uh, and just say, by the way, I'm I'm making some characters. Uh, I need a name for this. I need a personality for this. Tell me what they look like. And we could be doing something completely different. Um, but I'm like filling in notes uh, on things like like whatever they come up with. Uh, and I, I know someone who worked it. Um, one of them, anyway, uh, one of the people who um, will come to my streams and hang out my Discord, they worked at a casino and they were literally giving me like some names that were like close to people they knew and personality types and stuff. And so that's fun for me to, cool. to give them the opportunity to kind of feed into that. Um, and then it'll like if they if they do um, listen or watch or whatever, then they get to see like their contributions, which I think is always kind of something that's a little fun for somebody to see like a little bit of a piece of something that they got to put into. Watch out, Bryce. Um, Katie's advertising (laughs) for your producer job. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But then when I'm making a character that has to do with um, one of the player characters, a lot of what you say goes into it. And then I kind of just take that and turn them into a real person And um, sometimes their attitudes are based on like one word you could have said or one sentence you could have said about them or you're, you know, when you're giving me an idea of who they are, um, I might know as much as I need to know about them from one little thing or I might have to sit and think about like who they are and where they came from. And I think my favorite one is definitely coming up with characters that have to do with you and your backstories just because um, it's going to be. That's like the most joy is getting to eventually come to that reveal and seeing your reaction to them. And I think so far, probably my favorite one is Adaro. Just because that was a really fun thing that you gave me to mess around with that turned into something um, a little bit more than what I even thought it was going to be at first. And they just ended up being like a really fun character to think about their like motivations and what lines they wouldn't wouldn't draw in the sand uh when it came to like paying your debts and stuff right. like that so um that's, so I think that's cool because that's like yeah you yeah that just like synergized well and then like i'm thinking as morthos like anytime i'm walking around the city i'm gonna get jumped right like that's just mm-hmm. that becomes a reality right like that's mm-hmm. something i have to be a little conscious of and then as the role player also conscious of so it's like yeah. And then I had to think about like if this is a person who um like met all of these qualifications for how they fit into your backstory the way they did. They had this money on hand. They weren't the sort of person who would immediately track you down and kill you and take it back. Um they would kind of hold it over your head and and see what they could get out of you or or at least it didn't bother them enough or they had some sort of code that meant that they weren't going to immediately turn to violence. Like, what, was, what does that make them, right? Well, obviously, then they become part of the Thieves' Guild, and it becomes like a debt that they're going to bring back to you. Who, who knows how many times maybe you'll pay them off this money and this good, this item, if you ever do get it back to them. hasn't happened yet. Yeah. Um, and they'll consider it done, or maybe they'll say that they want more. You know, maybe they'll hold it over your head. Like, who knows? But um, that made it very easy to put them into the place they were and make them one of the fences because that explains why they had all this money on hand and they weren't necessarily like super worried about it, but also were connected enough to know 
like your goings on or to have an idea of that, have people who are on the lookout because they could slip them a coin if they saw you and get there quickly kind of thing. So. Yeah, I really <laughs> like Adaro too. He, um, they really stick out to me and just kind of knowing that they, you have like this lingering like presence that could just pop up at any time. I think it's pretty cool. <laughs> And like when they um, popped up in the inn, I thought that was a really cool moment. Mm. <laughs> Same. <laughs> so I think that's the standout um, so far. But there are a couple of different um, things that I'm excited about that just remain to be seen. The next question is, uh, Have had you played D&D before this podcast? And how have you been enjoying uh, playing D&D so far? Um, for me, it was the very first time I ever played Dungeons and Dragons. Um, I was somewhat familiar with it as I have an older brother who is super into Pathfinder, which is kind of similar to D&D. And he's been trying to get me to play Pathfinder with him for many years. So when I told him that I was on a Dungeons and Dragons podcast, he was like, what? <laughs> he's like, what the hell, basically? So... <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so it was like, okay. But anyways, and so this was my first time playing and I like it. Um, I feel like, especially at the beginning, I did get a little like, okay, this is taking forever. Can we please move along now with like certain things that was happening? So sometimes I do feel like it takes a while to get moving with some things. But I mean, it's not it's not a big deal in the long run really. But other than that, I do enjoy playing and I think it's cool to be put into different scenarios. I do just get nervous about role playing and stuff. Cause it's kind of, it's hard for me to like distinctly think like my character rather than like me. So I still have a hard time kind of balancing that out. I had never played before. I didn't really know what to expect. I had fun. I didn't really have much of a desire to play it before. <laughs> have you been enjoying it? Uh, I have been enjoying it. It's a lot. The role playing yeah. part is a lot Has more fun. Has been enjoying it? She played a bear. Yeah, <laughs> I'm enjoying the whole human. bear thing. <laughs> Although, to be fair, she played a bear because she was scared to role play. So. <laughs> yeah, and then she got to play a bear for so long that she so got sick long. of not being able to be a bear. <laughs> I did, I, I did, actually. So bad every... <laughs> God. I think the best part about that, though, was like it started off as being a way to... Because role play can be really intimidating for new players, mm -hmm. right? And I think it started off as a way to... Um, to save yourself that stress, but then you kept finding ways of role playing like bear. You just weren't communicating as all, or I mean, like verbally communicating with the common tongue, because there was still communication going on. There were still interactions with people that were like cool and fun, and so I think it was almost like a nice way to like ease yourself into getting used to it. I got um, comfy, you know. Mm -hmm. I got to know, got to know my peeps. You know, I was ready to come out of my bear shell. <laughs> Shed my bear skin. Yep, literally. Yeah, now you just wear it. Now I, now I wear it. I wear it as a trophy. Wow. I, d I definitely uh, felt bad early on of like, 
Aaron was the only one who could uh, cast speak with animals, and I would kind of like, uh, definitely like for the live uh, episode, I was like, hey, at like some point, you should cast speak with animals so Beckers can talk. <laughs> like, I, like, it was like, at some point, <laughs> cast speak with animals. I feel like Beckers hasn't spoken in like an entire episode. Yeah. The tournament was really fun, though. I've played a bit. So I think like the first time I played was in high school. I had a friend who was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to DM. You guys get to make your characters. Here's some blank character sheets, you know, just kind of make whatever you want. We'll figure out, you know, you don't even have to be level one. We'll, we'll figure that out later. A couple years later, I also played where it was like pre-made characters, but a one shot type thing. So I had like some base familiarity, but like even, even now approaching it, right? Like I don't own a player's handbook. I don't really know anything about the world or the creatures or anything. I just understand a little bit about the systems, right? And so, uh, I, don't, <laughs> I guess I'm I'm having more fun now, right? Like, because now I'm more invested in it than I've ever been. But yeah, I had a, a little bit of experience, and then I tailored a character to non-combat. So then, because I was like, oh, you know what really sounds fun is just like having conversations. <laughs> that sounds fun. You're the anti-backers. <laughs> you know what fun not having to role play but I'm okay with fighting <laughs> yeah so I guess I did have the opposite approach <laughs> yeah but it, it worked out I think Orthos is useless in combat but it worked out <laughs> it's really fun to have somebody who's like I'm just gonna go over here <laughs> uh uh yes, I played D and D before this. Not much fifth ed though. I almost exclusively played first ed, so that's been interesting. But playing D and D is always a treat, especially when you're playing with multiple different groups. It's cool to see everybody's different perspectives and approaches and stuff. Do you have a preference? Do you like first ed or fifth ed more? <laughs> I like fifth ed more because I can build whatever I want as a character in first ed. Like you have a lot more limitations. Like there are many races that can't do magic. Like dwarves can't have magic. You can't have a dwarf cleric or a dwarf magic user because there's no sorcerers or warlocks or wizards or anything like that. It's all like oh. magic user or illusionist. And like, I don't know. It, it's severely more limited in first ed. So I, I think fifth ed is more fun for just a wider variety of characters and oh. concepts and stuff. Katie, just how long? How long have you played? Who man? Okay, so the very first time I ever played a TTRPG was three point five when I was in college. It was in a group of ten people, and I was playing with the sort of people who like mint well, but definitely did the whole like, well, you don't know what you're doing, so just tell us kind of like what you'd want to play, and we'll make your character so you don't do it wrong. And so I had a very like weird introduction to it. I did end up enjoying the character that I played. But um, when that group kind of fell apart, I was like, yeah, there were some aspects of that that were fun, but I just don't know if that's for me. And then (laughs) I don't know how many years later it was, like maybe five or so. Somebody asked me if I would play um, with them. I don't even remember what game it was. I honestly couldn't tell you. It was like some little thing. And uh, oh, oh, it was (laughs) it was when fifth edition came out, actually. Um, and the person I was dating, he was like, hey, do you want to play this game with me and my friends? It's called Dungeons and Dragons. I was like, oh, I did that once before. I didn't really like it, but sure, I'll play. And then I found Bards. 
Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm in like six games. I don't even know. I, and I don't even just play that anymore. Like there's a system um, built around like the Breath of the Wild, like Zelda, like Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. I play a, a game in that. I play a ton of D&D. Um, I've played like Call of Cthulhu, Ironsworn, like all this other stuff now. And I think like where I went from being like a video game person who was like, this seems really fun. And I kind of like not having like dialogue options because a lot of times that's not how I would react. It's to super situation. limiting, isn't it? Yes. And now that I've played so much tabletop, I'm like, I don't like I love Dragon Age, but this isn't how I would react to a situation in the slightest. Like, where are your neurodivergent people on your writing team? That's not how we (laughs) talk to people. And it's so nice just getting to say what I want to say and to see how the world reacts to it. And so Mm -hmm. I play a lot of D&D and other TTRPGs and I enjoy them. I'm really getting into and I want to play more of a game called Glitter Hearts I discovered, which is very like Sailor Moon Magical Girl. Um, it's It looks so fun. I've only DM'd one session and I didn't know how to write for a campaign that's more narrative like that. So I learned a lot about how to DM for something like that. But it just sounds so fun. And I want to oh, play more it does. of that. I was that's about something. to say Glitter Heart sounds super Sailor Moon. And then you mm-hmm. said it's Sailor Moon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I'm like... That sounds There's amazing. transformations. Yeah. Oh. I have a, no, a new idea for our next campaign. <laughs> <laughs> Playing Glitter Hearts next time. <laughs> Could do. Could do. But yeah. So I, I'm enjoying it. I couldn't even tell you how many different tabletop games I'm in right now. It's basically my favorite thing in this world. <laughs> um, I So my dad uh, played Dungeons and Dragons. Apparently that's how he met my mom. Uh, oh he, wow uh, cute um he he played like D D in the army and i guess my mom would like come hang out while they were doing that so i was like familiar with it from him uh he had like 3.5 books around and like i was interested in it but there sure as heck weren't people in my town uh like my age who would play my dad tried to get me, uh, uh, me and my brother to play once when we were like way too young to uh, be trying to play. I remember like him saying like the the corners of the room are very dark, and I'm like, I try and attack the darkness. It's like there's spider webs up there, and I'm like, I'm gonna attack in the case the spiders up there. And then it like then we like got distracted and didn't really get past that. But I've like been familiar, like I knew how it worked. I've seen uh, it played on like Dimension Twenty, the Adventure Zone, uh, stuff like like that. Uh, I've played the uh, classic Baldur's Gate games and stuff. So like I knew like basically how to play D anD D through osmosis, uh, but I had never played properly myself until now. And I obviously like it because I was like, hey, let's keep doing this. Mm-hmm. What is a dice roll that really had you on edge? I guess the specific one that had me on edge and actually still kind of has me on edge is the stealth roll of Cookie in the collection and Rico was leaving the collection because apparently he rolled a nat 20 so he saw me and they made eye contact but he didn't do anything about her at the time so it's like he he obviously must have known something, but I still don't know the the repercussions of that role, but it's still kind of like, I remember in the moment being like, oh, 
like are really anything that I have to do with like stealthy things. Because it's like if you get caught, it's like, what do you do if you get caught type of thing? And you just hit them in the back of the head or whatever you did. with Because I have a minus one in strength. That's a good <laughs> idea. That's the thing, though. If a bard gets caught, they don't have to hit somebody in the back of the head because there's a good chance they can just talk their way out of it. <laughs> that is true. That is true. It's like I haven't really played the bard part, I don't think, of Cookie that much. So I definitely want to try and do more bardic thing i mean like i've inspired people with her baked goods and things but i guess like the charisma part of it i'm like i don't know yet (laughs) i feel like you have oh okay that's good i mean everybody does it a different way right there's no like right or wrong way to play a character you just play them the way that you want to and if you play to your strengths you do and if you don't you don't Mm. um but i think that cookie does tend to kind of be, I think her way of, um, like the way that the charisma presents in Cookie is about like taking care of people and smoothing things over and making sure there's not conflict and keeping everyone out of trouble. And like, I feel like that's her way of kind of sliding in sideways with a lemon bar and stopping <laughs> the fight kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, Oh, yeah, that's a good way of looking at it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know that there was a one single dice roll that stands out in my memory. I remember I was really, really nervous when the last fight of the tournament was starting. That was the most nervous I was the whole time. Because I was like, oh, man, what's going to happen? What if we lose? I don't know the consequences of that if we lose. So I was like, I was I was scared. And then we ended up creaming them. So it's fine. Uh, the, la- the last fight. Was the lo- last one or the second to last one that was close? No, the last fight was was yeah. was iffy there for a minute until you start raging. Yeah, because before you were raging, they were they took you took like fifteen points I did, of damage. I did like one turn, turn where I didn't rage because I was trying yeah. to save it for whatever might happen after that because I had already mm-hmm. raged twice and I was like, nope, <laughs> gonna rage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what you needed. I think the one that probably stands out the most is. Back during the the uh, extra life stream, when Rakuzin almost died, and like it was in that that fight against the wind monster, <laughs> like the <laughs> elemental wind, and it was like, how do we damage the wind? What are, what are we doing? And then he's he was getting messed up, and yeah. I think uh, I had tried to like just pull him back or something like that, and it was just like I that whole fight, I was just nervous that Teddy's character was gonna die. <laughs> Turns out, I guess he could have, though, because Teddy was like, yeah, I'm out. (laughs) I mean, for now. You never know. We might show back up. Maybe we swing by that village. Mm. (laughs) I mean, could. Pick him up. Like, get in, get in, Rakuzin. (laughs) We're going, we're going shopping. We're going shopping. (laughs) (laughs) Get in, loser. We're going questing. (laughs) (laughs) Who's this lady? (laughs) (laughs) They're in. Uh, honestly, the dice rolls don't stand out in my mind. Yeah, yeah, like that was the thing I remembered was just like a situation. I don't. I think there were probably ten dice rolls re- regarding that. Right? It was Man, just... that one smell check I was so worried about. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the I think I think the entire time throughout the casino that like each of those dice rolls felt like important especially when cookie was like found by a friend and i was like like oh i i remember there 
you like try to cast the like uh spell on friend. Oh yeah, Tasha's hideous laughter. Yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. and that just went like did not work at all. Me. And I was like, well, that is like the worst possible. Like there's no like you 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 attacked him. There's not a like if this doesn't work, then it's not like, oh, I didn't mean to cast Tasha's hideous laughter. Oopsie, <laughs> I tripped. <laughs> um, so like, I I know I was nervous Psych. about how that was gonna go. Um, I I guess some roles that stood out for me for from you, um, Darian was when Bella critically failed four times. Like, that didn't happen during the tournament. <laughs> Uh, I was like, oh, that my didn't gosh. happen. I don't. <laughs> this feels like slander. I have no memory of this. <laughs> what do you speak of? <laughs> I, yeah, I guess the bad rules tend to stick out. Yeah, because something crazy happens, right? Mm-hmm. Well, and and in last episode for you, um, Matt, you rolled. I just like kept getting a, a six, six, right? Yeah, you it was like six, four times like in a row. Five, yeah, five or six times you rolled a six. <laughs> it got to the point where it was like it's. You're kidding, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you couldn't get out of that that fight. Like you couldn't. <laughs> it's like, what's up with this algorithm, D and D Beyond? What's going on with this? Yeah, mm-hmm. do better. Why are you ruining my life? Mm-hmm. The um, I think by the end, and this isn't just because it was one of the more recent things, but by the end, I think the one that I was most nervous about was whether or not you were going to be able to trick Rico. And then when you weren't, I was nervous about every single dice roll after that because there's a lot more to him than meets the eye. And that could have gone really, really poorly. (laughs) Really, really poorly. I I definitely, like, since you ended on him kind of, like, suspecting something, like, we had quite a bit of time before we played again. So I kind of, like, came up with a plan in my head of, like, the, like, series of operations that would happen uh, because it was, like, okay, Rico suspects something. He rolled highest initiative. He'll attack. Then I was going to cast uh, Fog Cloud, send uh, Rascal out, and then move move out, and then, and then Morthos could uh, put him to sleep. But the fact that he didn't attack, like, I was like, wait, I don't remember the order of operations. What do I do? <laughs> and so, so I was just like, Rascal's supposed to leave. And then by the time, like, I had gotten, we're like, I, I waited till the end to cost f- fog cloud. I was like, this this is not a great plan anymore. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I guess I have to take it back now. That was the second most scary role for me. The most scary role was the one where you sent Rascal running by him when he had a held action. Oh. And I was like, don't make me kill your dog. Please don't make me kill your dog. I, don't, I can't do it. Please don't make me do this. That would have been sick. Yeah, yeah, same. <laughs> same. <laughs> like, what are you doing? No, please. Oh, I would so, be so sad. I've never been so happy to roll so poorly as an NPC ever. R- Ras- Rascal would get death saves, right? Yeah, but yeah. a melee attack when someone's already unconscious is two failed death saves. Yeah, because yeah, he, so. had, he had two swings. Yeah. Um,. On, okay, so on that same note, uh, what is your favorite moment that has happened so far? That time that bear turned into a human. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, that was sick. That I feel like that was literally my favorite moment in the entire series so far. I was so pumped. I was so excited for that. <laughs> I felt so bad every episode at a point where when it was like like Becker's found ways and Katie found ways to like incorporate Bear, but it was still like I I'm sitting here like rolling dice for blackjack or poker or slots like episode after episode. <laughs> And Bear's sitting there just silent, like, all right. Okay. We added in strength training so that I had have something to do. I was like, I I don't know what to do. Like, how do we get Bear involved? <laughs> like, we bring Bear to play slots. Bear's spending all day, every day in the bathtub. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just chilling. I love it. A moment that I... Th- found hilarious was when you guys were in the um the casino trying to get money um and you guys weren't doing too well and Bella's like Morthos how do you feel about taking your clothes off for money <laughs> I don't remember that <laughs> and then and then Becker's was like oh it's gonna be magic Morthos up in oh, yeah. <laughs> I think I remember that I don't remember saying that I remember that that's I don't really remember funny. that either. Oh my god, <laughs> you're so in the zone. Good job, Passbackers. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I could see that being like merch, magic more on a t-shirt. <laughs> oh, it would be so funny. Now it yes. is. Now it has to be. Yeah, I'd buy that. Yeah, yeah. I could see I magic Morthos and smell check being a t- mm. being merch. World's most easily. obscure reference. Where <laughs> 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 that to Gen Con? They're like. Oh man, what's that? And we're like, that's a really cool podcast. <laughs> I'm sure you heard. We all have our smell check shirts yeah. on at yep. Gen Con. Everybody's like, ooh, oh. I don't know about this. <laughs> They'll probably think it's like a reference to people smelling at the con. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Nerd's propensity to not bathe at cons. I think a really cool moment uh, early on from the like first adventure being that like moment where Fergus like decided to side with the elves like the second he met them mm-hmm. he was kind of like these same people people seem seem uh mm, that was really great cool. and like he was like i guess even before that like fergus's bullshit detector went off the set like i don't like this guy this guy's like telling us what to do he didn't like mm-hmm. him from the second he said this so he was like oh, okay you want me to go find these people to like beat them up yeah, I'll go there and I'll I'll see if they want me to beat you up. So as soon as he got there and they were like, "Yeah, that guy sucks and he's been hunting us." Like, "I believe you 100%. I will die for your cause." <laughs> and 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 every, like the entire rest of the team like very much bought the guy's uh story. Oh yeah. So I I almost like I kind of like pictured depending on how that event went, like Fergus kind of standing in front of the elves swords drawn ready to take on the rest of the party to d- defend these these uh elves and kind of that like tense conversations that that Fergus was having like with Cookie and and stuff mm-hmm. like trying to win them over because knowing that like depending on how that went like he might have to fight whoever he doesn't convince and that like that being like it wasn't like me rolling for uh, persuasion on the the party which i i did like roll but it was a deal of like i have to convince the the characters but also to a certain extent the players mm-hmm. uh so i remember like 
coming out of that session just like heart pounding going like holy fuck i was that was that was tense i did i i, I seriously thought i was gonna be like uh fighting against the rest of you mm-hmm. there's definitely some civil war tension oh yeah <laughs> I, I was honestly there was a strong deal of like i just hope i get bear can i convince bear <laughs> 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 like, Everyone else, I think, will be okay as long as Bear's on my side. <laughs> me, me and Bear, I think, I think we could get Morthos. Like, we got this. <laughs> take down Morthos first. Like the Ranger <laughs> and the Barbarian can take on the Paladin. <laughs> yeah, level one Paladin doesn't actually have spell slots, so makes them a little easier to to deal with. Mm. I do like putting people into ethical conundrums and to actual decision making stuff like that. And it was really uh it was really gratifying to watch that entire exchange and just wait. Like I just got to sit there and let y'all talk. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like just to see what happened. I think um two of the things that stand out to me the the first thing is the conversation that um Cookie had with Bear after that about not wanting to hurt people anymore and the like sort of like heartfelt moment uh, they had while like getting clean water was just really, um, it was really interesting like uh, direction to take because I feel like a lot of times in in these games um, you get your, especially someone who's new to playing, they get their like first success and it's like a triumph moment. And for Cookie, it was more of like a heartbreak. And I think that was something that was very unique and different, but very, very Cookie. And so that that was really rewarding and gratifying for me to get to see um, play out just because of how different it was. And I also loved that pretty much everyone just thought that I was really bad at role-playing Vilnus for a bit there. And it wasn't that I was intentionally making him kind of like inept and not really like know what to say and just kind of like not very good at, at doing this and just assuming that people would take his word for it and not and not knowing until afterwards that you all just thought that I was just doing a bad job and I was or not a bad job but like like oh yeah that seemed a little off and I was like yes he is a little off like he was in fact a bad guy <laughs> so that that's like half in character and half out of character hilarious to me that everybody was just kind of like oh I thought it was going to be better than this well, actually, I oh, guess I didn't know sense, you that well. I did a bad job. Right, like, That's I guess fair. if we were more familiar with you, like, now, if you did that, we'd be like, okay, this now character's weird, Now it would probably stick out right? like a sore like, thumb, because you're, yeah. you're not lost for words very often or anything, yeah. so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, people yeah. be That's like, tell me, tell way. me more about, the you know, these people and where this stuff, and, and the guy being like, uh, they're, you know, um, there's the, uh, don't worry about it, and be like, God, Katie sucks at this DMing. <laughs> <laughs> my reputation didn't precede me enough which was good though i liked that i liked that it was kind of like a um a, a post post game realization for everyone that that was intentional that were those choices were intentional. <laughs> kind of uh going off what katie said aaron during the interlude cookie said she didn't want to kill anyone uh why did you make that character choice Mainly because Aaron, the players, felt really bad about it <laughs> afterwards. Because I think I just overthink things. And I'm like, I don't know if Cookie, the character, would actually intentionally want to end someone's life. And also me, I was like, well, it would, it probably would, 
I was just having second thoughts on what mm-hmm. could have been done rather than killing him. It's like, oh, we could have just like taken him to the elves and then deal with that. And then they could have dealt with him. But in the moment, I just made a rash decision. And then I kind of ended up regretting the decision. And then I kind of just turned it into a story thing as to like Cookie also regretting it. And because, yeah, yeah, just how I was playing her and stuff. I was like, I don't know if she actually would have done something like that. I mean, I could see her, you know, doing what she did, like jumping on his back and then maybe trying to do something. But I don't think she would have actually killed him really now that I've played her more and stuff, too. It's like, so, yeah, that's kind of how that came about. I I think that's one of, like, the only examples I could think of thinking back on the events of just, like, uh, actual character growth we've seen, right, from the beginning with with our characters where it's like fergus has had his mission right and he's been on that mission and so like he he may have lightened up a little bit or like to certain people here and there but like cookie made the like you know she she took that action she made that decision and then later you know we've seen the repercussions of that and i don't think anyone else has died right any humans well we haven't been in like a combat well yeah i guess we were with the during the extra life stream with the wind monster and stuff well yeah no humans like that's the wind died and we killed the wind (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, well you did fight rico yeah there were a lot of opportunities that's the thing though there have been a lot of opportunities for humanoid combat and you have gone as a party and and repeatedly made decisions to more like get around those than to directly just like charge in swords blazing (laughs) (laughs) okay that being said during the tournament that person i don't know if they're dead we do not know if that like katie wouldn't let me cut her arm off well but they were making. Oh, you could have totally cut her arm off. That was up to you. I mean, you no. cut you. She was wounded very, very much. I was told she yeah. would probably die. No, you yes. actually. I remember watching the the replay of that. You, Kit, you said I want to cut her arm off. Katie was like, "Oh, are you sure?" And the like Becker's being like, "Yes, I want to cut her off." And Katie just be like, "Uh, All okay." Right. And then and then you going like. Okay, it's like hard to cut someone's arm off, but you like dig it really far in. Yeah, it and if they don't get medical attention, they would die. Yeah, well, basically uh, but, is what happened. But I remember Katie rolling death saves for the person and just looking really scared during it. So uh, I don't. We don't know. <laughs> it was never clearly stated if that person's dead or not. Well, they won the tournament. You would have known if they had died. Yeah, yeah. I, would, I think I would have been in trouble. Well, no, yeah. no. I think I thought it was uh, understood that w- if you sign up for the tournament, what happens happens. No, I, no. no Katie they were said given that no one could die. Oh, okay. they were given specific directions not to kill anyone. That no killing yep. blows. Somebody either has to yield or you have to render them unconscious. But you're supposed to do so in a way that's mm-hmm. not like a coup de gras, right? Yeah. Yep. That was one of the rules. Is yep. um, you're not you're not supposed to set out intentionally to kill someone. So what was happening? If anyone would like to know. Um, was that there were death saves going on and it depended upon those saves and how long the thing went because they weren't going to intervene necessarily unless they could tell something was happening and that might have caused like a forfeiture or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, just kind of it just kind of happened to go <laughs> just barely well enough. <laughs> <laughs> just worked out. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, for sure, Fergus had called out at the beginning of the heist of like, hey, we're not killing anyone for this. Uh, Fergus is like, has a moral code or whatever of like, depending on what you've done, like that the, the wizard or whatever from the first adventure, that dude seemed like a menace that like he needed to be dealt with. But the people at the casino... They're just doing their jobs. They didn't. They're not evil. They're not bad. They're just in the way of this. The like, the thing that he needs. the The collector he saw as like a bad dude who could die, but we never actually encountered him. So the there people was people at the tournament were bad though. GG easy nerds. <laughs> uh, so so he get wrecked. Uh, definitely was like, hey, we're not like even Rico like. I, I knew that, like, no matter what kind of happened with that, it, even if we did do a straight-up fight, any, any like, last hit would be a non-lethal one. Um, but but um, I definitely, like, was like, okay, can we just get out of here? Like, fog cloud our way out of here. Um, so we went non-lethal. Well, there's shouts that. at the <laughs> person that I've she can't question. see. Where'd go you go? <laughs> because <laughs> i feel like it's come up like three three or four times now where where it's like oh we haven't met the collector and then katie always makes a face like well you don't know that you've met the collector can katie tell us whether or not we've met the collector at least whether or not she- i mean no spoiler it's rico oh, come on <laughs> i heard no spoiler so yeah don't mm-hmm. yeah don't, don't don't spoil don't say mm-hmm. anything that would affect our playing forward so yeah, nothing that'll make it so we can meta game. Yeah, I'm really oh, no, bad at sure. that. Yeah, <laughs> do no not worries. let me meta game. There, there is a question in which, uh, we'll we'll say, save it for later. But we're gonna ask later, like, what would people want to know? Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's probably gonna be one of the big ones. Uh, I think usually the only thing I'll clarify for you is something like, well, we don't know if that lady actually died or not. And I'm like, no, you actually would have known mm-hmm. because that these were the rules and it's okay for like the player to like misunderstand or forget a rule or whatever. Like you're not mm-hmm. involved in it directly. So you didn't know what the rules were necessarily, or that wasn't important as much to your character, but, um, but you would know, you know, something like that yeah. to make sure that there's no like misunderstanding about what the character would know. Um, Darian, what was it like coming into the story after the first adventure? Uh, you know, actually, it was actually a little bit intimidating at first. Uh, because you guys had actually already been playing for a little while. Um, or and to my understanding, had played at least once previously together. So I think it ended up being like three times. Yeah, we we did like supposed to be a one shot. The one the one shot turned into three three uh event three sessions. That damn well. Oof, the fountain. (laughs) Fountain. Fountain, yep. Yeah. So I listened to those episodes before we played and stuff, and that was, I don't know, I felt like you guys had already found chemistry. And I was like, oh, God, am I going to upset the balance? But it ended up being great. We found good times. Mm Mm-hmm. Then everything changed when Darian joined the party. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And forced Teddy out. Just call me the Fire Nation. (laughs) Change isn't always bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, definitely but call me the fire. Right in there, though, with that, like, with her character, right? 
It was just like, she's going to be standoffish and guarding herself a little bit anyway. So, like, you can be that way, right? With the with the group if you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, Beckers, when did the transformation become an idea? And how do you feel uh, when it ha- how did you feel when it happened? I don't remember when it became an idea, honestly. I think I was talking to Bryce. We may still have been recording our other podcast at that point. I don't know. Um, but I, I was beginning to feel the constraints of not having a speaking character. <laughs> like, um, there's just a lot you can't participate in. So it had been kind of in the makings for quite a long time. Because after the first, you know, three episodes, I was like, all right, I'm ready to talk now. Yeah, and- <laughs> I feel as if it was in between the first three and the the charity live stream where... You, me, Bryce, kind of, and Katie were kind of talking a little bit here and there about what to do with that. Especially yeah. since we decided to continue, like, the podcast, like, regularly. It was, like, something. Yeah, I was, like, I can't, I can't do this forever. <laughs> it's going <laughs> to be so boring. Um, <laughs> so, I, I don't remember, yeah, specifically how it came into being, it, but it definitely, like, it was a long time coming before it actually happened. Bear was definitely just a regular bear to start with. <laughs> and then we retconned, actually, Bear is a special bear. <laughs> special um, bear. And when it was happening, I was really excited to see Darian and Matt's reactions, because obviously, like... I discussed the idea initially with Bryce. Obviously, Katie has to know to make it happen. And then I discussed it also with Aaron because me, Bryce, and Aaron Aaron talked on other platforms sometimes for our other podcasts. So <laughs> sometimes it ended up we're being just friends. Aaron and Matt who didn't know what was going to happen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was so excited to see if they would be surprised. And then, like, the episode before, Matt... God, he freaking... Yep. He K- said, Katie like... Was doing- <laughs> Katie was foreshadowing it. Yeah, yes. she said something. The lark and I think came and visited and was like, there's something about you, Bear. And then Matt's like, oh, is she a person? And it was, it was <laughs> but after I think- the podcast had, right after we stopped recording, Matt just goes, I wonder if yep. Bear's going to turn out to be like a person. <laughs> oh, I wish we were recording so bad. God. I want to catch it. Wouldn't that be weird? At everyone else who knew, mm. I looked at their faces because I, I just immediately was like, mm. <laughs> 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 yep, yep. Yeah, I think Bryce was just like, oh, yeah, uh huh. And like, <laughs> that would, I poked that her face hard. I tried to. Yeah. <laughs> that would be nuts. <laughs> yeah, we're definitely yeah. doing that because I don't want to be a bear anymore. <laughs> I'm tired of not getting to talk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But yeah, it was super cool seeing their reactions, especially kind of knowing, knowing behind the scenes too that it was going to happen and that we would, le- and that we were leading up to the moment. It was like, oh, it's yeah. almost here. Oh uh, yeah, I think I think me, Aaron, and Beckers had a lot of like anticipation because we, like, I I had talked to Katie of like. You know, hey, Beckers is interested in this, and and obviously Beckers a, a conversation with Katie and stuff, and um, it was like, okay, how could could this happen? I was like, well, may, uh, she had said something about like, well, maybe as part of the tournament that could be something. So I was like, 
okay, we're getting close to the tournament. We're getting close to the tournament. And and just like every like when you guys were in the casino just rolling for fucking slots, I was like, no, the tournament's so close. Come on. Come on. I didn't expect the whole let's get dressed up and go see if we can get a sneak preview at the collection. Like I should have. And if you hadn't rolled as well as you did, it never would have gone that far. But I was like, this is why I didn't prepare for how to to spend an entire episode of making you roll for various poker games or like various casino games because I was expecting the everything to go the other way and I had like given it some thought as to how like that would go if y'all went and played some games yeah, or whatever. Who wants to go gamble? But yeah. yeah, I didn't expect an entire session of doing that and I was like <laughs> Yeah, sure, I can I've totally looked into this. Yeah, one second. <laughs> Quickly Googles how other people like <laughs> have done games and I was like, all right, that's it. <laughs> We're doing percentiles now. <laughs> I'm over it. Yep, yep. <laughs> hmm. So happy we could derail the episode that badly. Yeah. I mean, uh, that was like two episodes. It was the second like episode. I think it was like cool the first time, and then the second episode it was like, I know what I'm doing is like really derailing everything, but also, what else am I supposed to be right, doing right, right now? Right. I'm like stuck yeah. in this. Bring it back. <laughs> it's like we were already out there. We did like they invited gonna, us back. What am I supposed I'm to? I'm not going to give up. <laughs> right. Um. <laughs> Uh, Kitty, has there uh, been any unique challenges DMing this podcast? Unique challenges. Um, I've I play a lot of tabletop, and um, <laughs> I've I've played a lot, and I have DM'd a fair amount, and uh, like you always get caught off guard as a DM at some point. Somebody always makes some sort of decision that you're not expecting, and it ends up being one of those like. I'm going to look like I know what I'm doing while I am frantically Googling how other people have done this really quick and telling somebody that my page is taking a second to load or I'm looking for my notes, right? Like, um, <laughs> so like there's, there's been a decent amount of that, but I think the thing that threw me the most for the loop was actually in the very, um, the very first little quote unquote one shot. So Fergus never trusted Vilnius. Right. That was pretty apparent from the get go. And then there was the heart pounding moment of trying to win everyone over to the like druids who were trying to like plead their case, who who totally could have engaged you in combat. And I don't know how that would have gone because they were their own characters and whatever. But then, you know, there's the difference between a tabletop game and a video game is that the these games uh, are both narrative but the video game has to have a tie up moment because you have to follow a story and you have to move on to the next thing it's not open world in the way that a TTRPG game is but people just kind of naturally have that instinct of knowing who becomes the new quest giver i guess in a way so when i wrote it i expected They'll either side with Vilnius or they'll side with the Druids and then they'll go back to the other ones after it was over, right? And when Fergus was like, no one can go talk to them, we all have to leave and kind of like put his foot down and everyone went went, went along with it, um, you know, however easily or not, I was like, you've killed Vilnius and you're you're letting them leave and you're making a point to not go talk to them again, so... There's going to be no resolution to this whole thing because you're just walking away <laughs> from you're walking away from them. And so then when Bryce was like, so what now? I was like, <laughs> there is no story beat. 
There is no finality. <laughs> you created a situation where there was no conclusion for you. There is no closure on that. Um, and that's a valid choice, but it was kind of funny. I was like, I have no way to end this. You go to bed. You wake up in the inn. Congrats. Mm -hmm. Like, have a, have a nice life. I don't know where you're going to go from here. I'm so sorry that there doesn't seem to be like an end to this journey, but you did this to yourself. <laughs> And I just, I've never seen that happen. And so then when Bryce was like, you want to come help me with this thing? I thought he planned that. And that, that was part of the thing. And that was why he wouldn't let anyone talk to them. And it was like a PC and player sort of like plot uh, device or something, which I was fine with. I like people like putting holes in their backstories and inserting their own will into the world and seeing how it plays out. So I thought that that was all by design. And later on, he told me like, yeah, well, I saw that there was no endpoint. I was really confused. So I figured since I wanted to kind of continue this, I'd ask them if they wanted to play. And I was like, that wasn't a plan. I see. <laughs> you really just you just derailed the 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 tie the tie up point. There was no quest turn in moment on accident, but you fixed it, so that worked out. <laughs> that was like I was just like mind blown. I have no idea what to do with this now because now you need an ending. I can't give you one. <laughs> yeah, I mean that was that was a deal of like he was like I trust these elves one hundred percent. Um somewhat in a reaction to like i 100 percent don't trust that guy so <laughs> if these people are saying that guy sucks i 100 percent trust them so it being a, a deal of like i saw fergus as go like very much going like <laughs> at any moment i'm going to have to fight everyone here um and that moment of like okay they slowly ended up up going to our side but it was almost the thing of like they came to our side because villainous attacked first. And so I was I was like, I I don't think Fergus trusts these people yet. Like he he thinks that like you know they killed villainous because villainous attacked them, but he he wouldn't go like these are people I'm gonna allow with these these elves I trust. Um oh, so, yeah, no, I'm not, and it made perfect sense yeah. for Fergus's character. But at the same time, it just created yeah. a situation I didn't expect. Um, so yeah. it, that was that was the thing I think that threw me the most for the loop. And it was right at the beginning yeah. <laughs> of like, not at the beginning, but it was, you know, tie in of the first. It was the ending of the first quest or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Near. I think I think after like the second session, I had reached out to Katie and been like, oh, you know, if people are interested, are you you interested in maybe continuing? And you seemed interested in us. I, I kind of was like, well, you know, I I'd been thinking, and this I think this was after I rewatched Shrek one and two. It was a thing of like s something that just stuck out to me because I was kind of watching it almost in a like trying to absorb information for my D and D character, and something that kind of caught my eye throughout the the movies was Fiona always having this like distinctive necklace, which kind of like ended up changing its design a little bit, but always had this kind of like, uh, she always had this kind of like big necklace uh, throughout the, the uh, films. And um, I, w I was trying to pull information to define both like who's Fergus, who, what is far away? Because I had both like to define my character and this entire kingdom that I made part of my backstory and one of the things that I kind of pulled was like, hey, maybe this necklace that Fiona wears is important. Where is it? And I was like, well, maybe somebody has it and Fergus is trying to get in. That can be like the next adventure, especially because I think that was like 
I thought doing a heist would be really cool. So I was like, what is the thing we could heist? Why, why would a bunch of random people just go heist something? And I was like, maybe he needs to heist something that belongs to him. So I was like, hey, maybe this can be the next thing. And, and um, so I was kind of like, uh, in, in that moment, I was like, okay, when is Katie kind of wrapped up with the story? What, what's the last thing uh, to go there? And then when you were like, I don't have anything else, I'm like, well, then let me, let me, Fergus has a, a, <laughs> an idea of what he, he would like to do. So um, that is, that I guess kind of leads into uh, a question for another question for Katie. And uh, it was, uh, Bryce came up with the idea for the heist adventure. So how was it implementing my ideas for the adventure while still having him as a player that won't know what happens? Ooh. Um, so uh, a heist was 100% something I'd never even considered writing for. Um, it's It was not uh, an idea that really was like in my wheelhouse or that I felt like, I was invested enough in to do justice. So I had never considered doing that. So when you proposed that, I was like, okay, challenge accepted. How do I become invested in a heist? <laughs> um, and so it helped that it was tied into Fergus's backstory because that gave me a lot of motivation to create something that was interesting and to allow this to be like one of those like character personal arc insert moments where it's like, here are the things that are important to me about the story and what, like whether or not they work out, these, these would be goals. Right. Um, and this is like the, the idea I have for the place. Right. So we kind of designed a little bit of it together and I took some of the, I took the plans that you had, or at least the, um, the like ideas that you had. And I wanted to create something that, was still exciting to you while it was going. And so I feel like it was pretty natural for a character like the collector to have like twists and turns and for there to be like, so to have that spin at the end where like everything was an illusion out there or pretty much everything was. And that's why like you weren't supposed to cross the line really was to like give away the big secret of it being like actually all in one, like easily <laughs> um, like accessible, not easily accessible, but one, one place so that it would be easily accessible to kind of clean them out or whatever. And why it was funny to watch and be so confused about the idea of like a vault being on the top floor because of the weight of gold. Um, but they knew something important was back there. They just weren't sure what it was. And so watching the confusion and stuff, it made sense for that character and for the way that a person who had like the desire to create a collection like that, it made sense for them to design things that way. But it also made, it created a pathway for me to make something that was still interesting to you or, or still at least like moderately unexpected. Yeah, I really like that. That that was just like a oh that's so obvious and makes so much sense that those wouldn't be the real things like that moment that was good mm-hmm. yeah I'm glad <laughs> I I think like there was a, an amount of people going like like I think there's a belief that like me going like hey Katie this this would be cool to be the next adventure be like hey we go rob the casino there's a tournament going on at the same time like me kind of feeding you this almost base layer to the uh adventure but it's also i kind of saw it as a thing of like this is information fergus would know before he kind of would like go like fergus would want to rob the casino that he knows his mother's necklace is during this tournament like he would know this going in but then past that base layer like me the player had no no information of like hey once we get in there i literally have no idea what the layout's at and like so when we got like the schematics like 
both Fergus, the the character, and Bryce, the player, were looking at those scatomatics going like, this is not what I expected this to look like. I will tell you, I I very much tried to make it a Ocean's Eleven type thing. Like, that was the plan, like, in Ocean's Eleven, spoiler. They, like, make them believe that they are being robbed, and then they come in dressed as SWAT and go like, we're going to go deal with the criminals, and then they rob them is is the plan but it was kind of a like it was like a two-prong thing where like we were supposed to be the distraction because we had a way to get into the collection we didn't uh have a way to get into the vault but it was like a hey let's let's get the guards away from the collection so that the people who like have a free pass to the collection can do whatever they want but when i looked at the schematics and i was like the vault is in the collection this does not work for any of my shit and then kind of like throughout the entire like as the heist went on i was constantly like ner- learning new information and trying to adjust of like oh like i was like them being like the vault is in the collection i'm like oh okay and then we get in into the collection then like, the vault's downstairs and i'm like i am learning new information constantly <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah that was i i uh definitely like tried to come up with a plan just based on like a base layer of information but that plan was like constantly changing and falling apart and i felt like for especially again for a, like a a character like the collector they would purposefully feed false information out um like in little tidbits so that because there is a very active like Thieves Guild in the city constantly feeding like conflicting information and false information would give exactly an attempt like that the trouble that it did. One last uh, question for Katie. Uh, what was it like when everyone kept trying to solve the mystery of the fountain oh in the first adventure? <laughs> <laughs> so I have a really bad habit as as a DM of like, I want you to be invested in the story. And especially since I knew it was like the majority of everyone's first time playing. I don't want to rush anyone. I wanted to let you like explore things and kind of like poke around. That's what was like a festival setting. Like, do you want to play games? Do you want to go watch the fireworks? Do you want to, you know, find this, this wishing well thing? Like, I thought this would be like a fun little like side detour. Everybody would like flip a coin in and get some little boon that would come up or not at all at some point. Um, and that like the randomness of it would just like add an element of fun to everything. And then when I realized that you thought that this was some sort of like central area to the plot, I was like, right, like because this is almost everyone's first time playing. So like they're looking for a plot hook and not realizing that I'm just letting them play. And so now how do I pull this back? What am I going to do? And then everybody starts like talking about like the importance of each thing that's happening. And I'm like, Oh, we have to destroy the water or do we have to create the water? They randomly rolled a scroll of creator to destroy water. And now they think that this is some sort of sign from Timora. Like, no, that's just a random table that I pulled up and it happened to roll that. What do I do? And then when I think it was, um, it was Teddy that was like, I feel like I grew up around here and since I'm a paladin, I would probably know the person who is here. And he kind of like helped me really quickly make somebody that mattered enough to him. I felt like that was the only way that I could make the party trust the random person who's like in charge of the upkeep of this thing to not be someone who's like, no, leave my evil well away, you know, alone or whatever. <laughs> to be like, 
you're like, you know how Timora is. She does what she wants and she's the goddess of fate. Like, you know, whatever. Oh, and yeah, that, no. that I was remember kind of getting like... stuck on that part yeah. even more, right? Like, just like we were just having a circular conversation with that lady. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, Please make it stop. <laughs> I don't Please want to make them feel railroaded, on. but this is not the thing. This is not the, the, the plot hook you're looking for, chief. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, well, this is going to definitely be at least two sessions. And I did this to myself because <laughs> I did not sit everyone down and go, FYI, so that you can explore what it's like to just be able to play and not feel like you're just playing in some sort of like non-virtual video game um mm. yeah so I, and and that's that's one of my weaknesses i think is i'm kind of bad at um planning and that i do a lot of really loose framework because most of my ideas come from you uh you have no idea how much of the environment gets created like live based on the things you say and the decisions that you make because i only have the like base framework in my mind of how i want things to go um and i just draw a lot of inspiration from the people that i play with and so sometimes that results in a situation where I'm like, I'm stuck. I don't really know how to drive them away from this without it just being super railroady. So we're going to sit here for a minute and I'm going to try to figure this out as we go. Erin, what's it like to edit the podcast? Well, editing the podcast certainly takes quite a bit of time. <laughs> I would say on average, each episode takes roughly 30 to 40 editing hours. And uh, that's me going through each episode about three times. So to try and make sure continuity and stuff, because there's some things that kind of get reconned a little bit in other episodes or like some little itty bitty changes here and there that hasn't happened too often. Or, or if something gets cut out, that wasn't relevant that was in some weird side conversation and gets brought back up later and it's like god it's like i cut this out <laughs> and and sometimes that can be hard to remember too and so it's especially since the episodes can be pretty long as well it can be kind of hard to be like did they talk about this already or i don't remember but so it can be very challenging in the short answer, but it's fun. I really like doing it. And I especially like for the video version, us recording each of our own cameras. There's a lot more flexibility I can do for editing and stuff. And it makes it look a lot cleaner, a lot better. And it's it's actually more fun for me too, to edit as well because <laughs> there's more to do with the flipping and stuff. And I really like it. But yeah, it, it's a challenge, but it's fun. Everybody, thank your editors. Yeah, thank you, Erin. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Erin. She puts in more time into planning than I do, for sure. Like, put time into it, but like 30 hours? No, yeah, no. 30 to 40 hours per episode. <laughs> mm -hmm. No, thanks. Whoa. <laughs> I, know, I, like, I definitely I miss the days when the episodes were less than two and a half hours long. <laughs> Well, now that we don't, like, I feel like things will flow a little bit differently now because there's not this, like, big one singular thing that you're all having to, like, work towards, um, oh, yeah. like, and fill in specific roles and be, you know, yeah. it, I think it'll be a little different going forward. So. Yeah. yeah, and I agree because, yeah. you know, we there were all these boxes that we wanted to tick and everything and to try and get to the ticking and everything like that was, it was a challenge and you know, it worked out the way it did. And 
that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm just it's good that we started doing like those little break points in the middle cuz then that at least gives like the listener like a good like point midway-ish generally where they could they can like get a good stopping point and of course there's all the chapter markers too. So that helps that we generally do a good amount in every episode, but it's just like, yep, it's a lot every episode. <laughs> yeah. I mean like uh critical role like their episodes are like oh, four yeah. or five hours or whatever and they they're yeah. they're weekly. I don't I don't know how people keep They're just famous. That's yeah. their thing. Well <laughs> I I mean obviously before they were famous they were still making the thing so I, I don't know how people ke- keep up to date on Critical Role. We, we... I remember when there were 30 people in the Critical Role chat. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, do they like edit their episodes at all or do they just let it run? I watched it live. At, or, well, no, not at first I didn't. Um, I don't know. I don't, I've only ever watched. If I watch, I watch it live. Or I watch the full YouTube thing. I, I think, think so. I think they just put up the recorded version, but their stuff is is highly produced live. Like they have, right. you know, mm-hmm. full on stuff. Uh, like people, running. they have a crew. Yeah. They mm-hmm. have, yeah, they have a sound effects. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so there's like, they don't need to edit as much because they're running very mm-hmm. streamlined s- stuff. It's almost edited live. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. One last question. Um, uh, I have is, uh, what is something you're curious about with the campaign so far? Either something Katie could answer or something you're curious if we'll learn about more in the story. If it is something that is spoilery, um, you know, Katie will just, you know, that'll just be inf- information or it could be, a th- you know, something like, did that guy die? And then Katie will just be like, no, that guy, they're fine. I'll answer such as I can. Yeah. Yep. I actually do have, I have two actually. Okay. The scary armor that was guarding the the like the illusion door never did anything. So was it just like a propped up armor that was just like enchanted to look like it was real or cuz even when there was fighting happening right at the door it didn't do anything. <laughs> it was mostly a um deterrent but there was a specific situation in which it might have um Mm. interacted with the environment, but that specific trigger did not occur because of some other choices that were made along the way. Oh, I see. Lit. That means it probably wouldn't have went off when we tried to break into the collection proper. Maybe. But it was downstairs. It wasn't <laughs> at the collection. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh. if you if you blew the vault or something. Oh, sure, yeah. If you, like, tried to explode. Wait, is there any way we're going to interact with this suit of armor again? Maybe we're gonna rob the casino again. Every every year we come back with like <laughs> just a rob <laughs> the yearly oh casino heist, annual robbery. <laughs> Get the gang back together yeah. again. It's like <laughs> if if I don't see you guys again in ten years, let's come back here again and rob this guy. <laughs> this time we're gonna release just like a normal bear at the tournament. <laughs> And they'll think it's you again, and she'll just walk out onto the field and still be a bear. We, we need to do that at some point. Just send out a random bear, and they'll be like, that's them, get them! <laughs> <laughs> we, we're not falling for your trick again. Mm-hmm. Hello. Okay, because, yeah, that's something, like, while we were playing, I was like, is that armor just chilling in the fog cloud there? Just 
hanging like just keeping it real yeah i, guess. I took it as it's a statue until i think the last episode there when i was like oh that's totally like a clockwork suit of armor robot mm. that will like terminate us it's alphonse <laughs> exterminate elric. alphonse elric oh no <laughs> too soon um and i guess my other one is when it, the when Bear and Bella went into the collection, there was Fren and two clerics, Enrico and Stacy. So at the end of that episode, the two clerics and Stacy left the collection with Fergus and Ma- and Morthos. Mm-hmm. What happened to the two clerics? Because in the next episode, they were nowhere to be seen, and all you said was, "You don't know what happened to them." So. I guess I was wondering if there was anything specific other than, uh, yeah, I don't know. So those characters were mostly based around making sure that there was no like illusion magic or shenanigans going on. Um, they were going to be an obstacle for Alatel, um, and they ended up leaving. So um, that worked out really well for that character. Um, Stacy got deterred (laughs) Mm -hmm. um there are some other things that were going on um behind the scenes that happened to work out in your favor as well i did a whole lot of rolling off camera to see um just how certain interactions would go and then i knew when those would like be triggered basically uh in the timeline and um so those clerics weren't necessarily super combat oriented and they weren't necessarily going to be heavily invested in a situation like that, but that's not something that people knew. So it seems like a deterring force, but it, um, they had other physically deterring forces and they were more um, anti illusion, anti okay. uh, transportation um, like oriented. But yeah, Stacy, Stacy was deterred along the way by another factor. And that's all I'm going to say about that. That sounds good to me. Mm-hmm. Who was wearing, was it the tournament entrance where they were wearing like the armor that had like the, uh, like if you look at it at one angle, it's like the lady's face. And then if you look at it oh, at the yeah. other angle, it's like a skeleton. That was Alatel. Like, that was yeah. Alatel? Okay. That was my man's. <laughs> okay. <laughs> my man's. <laughs> <laughs> that got explained because was... Sune being the goddess of like love and beauty, and uh, Siric being like a trickster, right? Evil aligned god. Yep. There was there was something that gave me like cult like vibes, I, and I can't remember what it was, but but it was like, is there is there a weird cult thing going on with this casino? Uh, no, not a cult so much um, as just like. I mean, I guess it was all very, like, monochromatic, but that was by design. That was, like, a collector decision. Um, you know, like, you go to a place and they have uniforms and, like, there's a color scheme kind of thing, which yeah. isn't necessarily super common for a world like this, but I felt like the collector was a unique individual. And when I was deciding a lot about them, I decided that that would be a choice that they would make because um, that makes them part of their collection, too, if that makes sense. So, yeah, nothing, like, super culty. In terms of like the people that worked there and stuff like that. Okay. Uh, yeah. I mean the the we we did not meet the collector proper. We did not have any sort of engagement with him, even after like 
it was clear that our exit was not like simple um to so that we he would have known something was up uh i expected to encounter him on the way out but we never did so i'm i'm curious yeah. of like i guess more not like did we uh meet him or just like what was up with what what is up with him my guess is that we will see him at some point i doubt he is going to go like i'm sh- i'm fine with this this is <laughs> this was fine yeah, if someone's entire persona is that they have collected a bunch of rand, uh, random, odd, fun, powerful items, you know, they might take it as a personal slight to be robbed. Um, whether or not they'll be able to, like, track you down or even would do that uh, or whether you'll see them again kind of depends on your choices and their choices. Um, you did encounter them. Mm-hmm. You just didn't know it. It's Fred! No, I... If you guys remember it's who Rico. Wait, Fred. what if it was Alatel? Oh, <laughs> Alatel. Oh. He's he's robbing himself for an insurance. He like counter robbed. Oh he was like, God, I'm gonna take all no, these but things. Wait, like he totally went. Away. No, no. It was it. It was, a, it was <laughs> Can an insurance. Can you imagine if Alatel was the dude? Yeah, he's the last line of defense. He's like, no, I don't. Want, I'm. I want this thing really badly. You can take you, that. Take yeah, whatever like that. you want, I guess. But I'm taking the rest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Friend was my like guess for the collector, um, but it's the baker we sent away, Francois. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, I was thinking it was the lark for some reason. Like that jumped into my mind. I was like, hmm. I guess like she she seems to know a lot, and like that would be. Like she's testing us, and then is gonna, and then she had the job offer that we could have potentially taken at the end. So I was like, oh, maybe like that's the, that's the collector. You think the lark is the the, so the lark who helped us rob the casino. Mm -hmm. Okay, that would be that would wild. That would be craziest of the guesses. I think it's a test. Yeah. Me just making notes really quick. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, who uh, the collector is. Yeah. <laughs> Belladonna didn't know her. Like she didn't recognize her. So it it's. I mean, it's obviously like everyone in the thieves guild probably doesn't like. Hey, we got a phone book. Who do, who do you want to know for the thieves guild? We got a list. Um, no, that's why we have a secret handshake. We have a year bunch of secret signals. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a Thieves Guild Facebook so you can look up everybody's like profile and like they've Facebook their group, skills. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I I I guess I am curious to know more about Bear's backstory. Me too. Mm. I'm sure you are. <laughs> mm-hmm. Katie's like, I'll send you my notes, Becker. Here's <laughs> what I Bear think. doesn't know. Bear, yeah, Bear doesn't know seem to remember. Bear doesn't know. I don't know. It's probably for the best. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it'll never come up. Wait a second. Um, yeah, so that is uh, the first three uh, adventures for this gang of miscreants. We are going to be uh, playing a related campaign, Baldur's Gate Baddies, uh, with me GMing and Becker's playing and none of the rest of you. 
Um, <laughs> so everyone else, get out. Yeah. <laughs> We're starting right Leave now. Leave the Zoom call. <laughs> um, uh, so it'll be a minute before uh, we continue uh, this story, but I uh, uh, hope you stick around and are excited to hear more. Uh, but until then, catch you on the flippity-flop. Bye. <laughs>